0: Here we go. You are listening to Law and Gospel on this Monday, July the 26th, in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're going to be taking a look at one of the lessons for the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. And there are three lessons that are found one is from Exodus 16, one is from Ephesians 4, and one is from John 6. Now we're gonna take a look at Exodus 16, beginning with verse two. But I wanna say something. This program is called Law and Gospel. Why? Because I believe the Bible has two kinds of information in it. It has the law, properly understood, and it has the gospel, also properly understood. The, the law is really accusation against us not following the will of God. Now, there's so much law in the Bible that there are those who get the impression that the way I get to heaven is start following the will of God. If God is angry with me, well, then he's going to stay angry with me until I change my attitude or change my behavior. That's called salvation by works, and it is never found in the Bible as a way of getting saved. So, when I take a look at a text, I wanna see where is the law, where is the gospel, and the one thing that I do in every sermon is I speak about this is law, And I speak about this is gospel. Uh, A lot of sermons that are very good, they're law and gospel sermons. But the pastor doesn't make the point that this is the law of the sermon. This is the gospel of the sermon. And so people don't really learn that when they go to the Bible, they're examining it and analyzing it from a law and gospel perspective, because the law never saves us. The gospel is the blessing from God upon sinners who don't deserve it. Now, this is found in all three lessons, but we're going to take a look at Exodus 16, beginning with verse 2. And you can hear the law immediately. The whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now, these people are grumbling against their leaders, and they're grumbling against them because when they look back to their days in Egypt, even though they were in slavery, it appears that they had enough food and bread to eat, and so they're not very happy with Moses and Aaron who led them into the wilderness, and they're blaming them for their predicament. Verse 4, Exodus 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, and the word Lord in the English is capitalized, each letter. That's the name of God. And Moses learned that in early Exodus when he was on the mountain and there was a bush on fire, but was not consumed. And he asked God, what is your name? And God told him, I am who I am. And that's Yahweh. That's the name of God. And I like translating it as, I fulfill what I promise. Because he had just told Moses to go to Egypt and free the people of Israel from Egyptian slavery. Moses didn't think he could do that. So the Lord told him, No, I fulfill what I promise. So what does he say now to Moses while the people are grumbling about not having enough food? Behold, you would think he would say, I am about to rain down fire and brimstone on these people and put them to death because they are grumbling concerning their situation. No, this this is Christianity. So what does the Lord say to Moses? Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And that means in the will of God. So he's already given directions that this bread is to be picked up each morning. But he goes on saying, on the sixth day, And that, of course, is the Sabbath. I'm sorry, that, of course, is Friday. When they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Now, what's the Lord saying? Well, we find out that when this manna falls, a people, they're so appreciative of it that on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, they take double amounts of what they need. So they take a double amount on Monday, but then on Tuesday morning, that extra amount that they took becomes rancid, and they're unable to eat it. But they have Tuesdays that they can gather. And why on the sixth day, namely Friday, were they to pick up a double amount Because God did a miracle that the double amount on Friday would not be rancid on Saturday because the manna would not fall on Saturday. And therefore, they had to take a double amount on Friday. Well, you know what happened. Many people took double amounts early in the week. And when they finally got to Friday, they only took a single amount. And... They had nothing to eat then on Saturday. This is the kind of people that God had as his chosen people, Israel, that they would not obey the will of the Lord. So, Moses and Aaron, verse 6, said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You see, it wasn't myself and Aaron. No, it was indeed the Lord. Now, they're going to make a point about that in a minute. And in the morning, you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. Now, In every other religion, when people grumble against their God, their God somehow punishes them. But it's not that these people were unbelievers, but they were really grumbling about not having enough food and were blaming Moses and Aaron. So... What do they say, Aaron and Moses? They say the following. It was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, And in the morning bread to the full because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him. What are we? And then probably the most important statement in Exodus 16, verse eight, your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Now, This can be applied in our day. There are a number of congregations, and the people get angry at the pastor over something that he insists on doing, and they don't like it. For example, in my own congregation, I had relatives of those who knew their relatives, but they were ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. And they would occasionally visit the church and I would not commune them. And some of my members were not happy with that because, well, they're Lutheran, aren't they? And then I explained that the Lutheranism they profess is not biblical. And therefore, remember in the Elka Church, they'll commune those who don't believe it's the body and blood of Christ. They'll also commune those who have committed abortion. Right now, they even have two male pastors who get married. These are male pastors. So to commune somebody in the Evangelical Lutheran Church is putting their life in danger. Because if you look at 1 Corinthians 11, those who are not properly understanding the Lord's Supper... Some of them were getting very, very sick, and others were dying. So, the pastor can say, you're not grumbling against me in regard to the Lord's Supper. You're really grumbling against God, because he has set this Lord's Supper up in such a way that this is my body, this is my blood. And therefore, grumbling against me is really grumbling against the Lord. Now, I'm not saying there aren't times when the pastor is wrong. I remember I was in an experience where, oh, about six plus members were excommunicated from a Lutheran church because they were affiliating with a false teacher, according to the pastor. Well, we invited those six members to attend our church, and they did for almost two years. Now, they never communed because they were under excommunication, but we were able to take that to ecclesiastical court, and the court ruled in favor of the members and against the congregation that had excommunicated them. And it was on a Saturday night that that congregation was given the option of restoring these members to full membership or being removed from the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. I'm not going to tell you all the arguments that went on, but that night the people were restored because being a member of the Missouri Synod was too important a status to lose. So we thank God that when pastors are in error, there is a way in which they can be reprimanded and changed. You saw what God even did to Moses when he struck the rock twice instead of once. He wasn't allowed into the promised land. So there are consequences of our sin. But what I find so interesting is that Moses even concedes that your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. And therefore, you would think that the next passage would have the Lord Punishing these people. But what do we read? Moses says to Aaron, this is verse 9, say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. But as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, The glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Now, that glory is talked about at Mount Sinai. There there was lightning and storms, and the people were very afraid. But sometimes the glory of the Lord is kind of like the angels to the shepherds, where they were in a brilliant light, and they had a message for the shepherds about the birth of Jesus Christ. So this glory of the Lord appears in the cloud. And the Lord says to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Notice he doesn't say, I've heard the grumbling of unbelievers. But he's heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat. And in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So he tells that to the people. So what happens? In the evening, quail, which is a bird, came up and covered the camp. And there were so numerous that it was easy to catch the quail. And they were able to eat meat. And in the morning, dew lay around the camp. But when the dew had gone, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? Now, there's the Hebrew word for what is it? And you know what that word is? It's manna. M A N N A. They don't know what it is. It's manna from the skies. For they did not know. What it was, and Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Now, that's a very interesting passage in Exodus 16. There's no doubt law in it. And what's the main law that you want to make it clear to the people in the congregation? When you grumble against what is happening in your life, you're not just grumbling against maybe your boss or your spouse or your children or your neighbor. You're grumbling against God because he saw fit to put the situation that you're grumbling about in your life. But grumbling against God that often happens with children. They are looking forward maybe to going to a McDonald's every Saturday. And one day you're just too busy with cutting the lawn and other things, and so you don't take them. What do they start doing? They start grumbling. So, what does the parent do? Does the parent kick them out of the house and say, You're no longer my children? and they can go find their own food? No. The parent reprimands them for grumbling, but then feeds them a meal that could be made in the house so they don't go hungry. This is what God does to his people, Israel. You and I are sinners. That means We always are grumbling against God in some way. Think of what's been on your mind of a negative nature recently. And you can think of people that maybe put you in that situation. But you need to understand that God would never have allowed it had he not given permission for that to happen. So why does God allow grumbling. Because it's a way of showing love to his believing children. You still take care of the meal that they need. It's of some note that the manna kept falling every day. And remember, they were in a wilderness for a total of 40 years. But then, when they crossed the Jordan, going into Canaan, it stopped. There was no more manna falling. And God explains why. Because in Canaan, there was plenty of food, which the spies had seen before when they had crept into the city. And there was fruit, there was meat, and so there was no necessity for manna. So the message is you and I really deserve not to receive anything from the Lord because we grumble, we think we're grumbling against people, but only God is the one who gives the permission for the situation to occur. And therefore, he promises that all things will work together for our good. There are many, many promises that God says, yes, you'll have temptation, but you'll never be tempted beyond your ability to endure. And in trusting Jesus, that temptation can be overcome. And in fact, at times, there will be a way of escape. So this Wonderful lesson from Exodus chapter 16 has both law accusing the people of grumbling against God Himself, but it also has the gospel. And what is the gospel in comparison to the law? The law indicates that this is what you need to do in order to get what you want. And of course, we can't do that. The gospel gives us what we need unconditionally. So the difference between law and gospel is the law is conditional, whereas the gospel is unconditional. And Jesus comes to you and provides you unconditionally the fulfillment of his promises which he made when you became his child. That's why baptism is so important because in baptism, you receive not only the gift of the forgiveness of sins, but the gift of the Holy Spirit, which means that when believers grumble against God, yes, that is sin. But God no longer holds you accountable for that sin, because he held his son accountable for the sin. Remember that famous verse, for God so loved the world, and that's even the unbelievers, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him Will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the message of the gospel. And as Jesus points out, that message comes because of him. On the road to Emmaus with those two disciples, he went through the Old Testament and found many passages that talked about him and the wonderful blessings. He gives even to his sinful brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's because God is not just a God of justice, giving you what you deserve. He's a God of mercy, not giving you what you deserve, and a God of grace in giving you more than what you deserve. I'm Tom Baker. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel with Mark Smith will take me, will take us on a trip through the hymn Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer. Join with us at 9:30. Until then, God bless you.